unconditioned reinforcers. That is what our jargon term for the day is. All right, so what is this? Uh, conditioned, unconditioned, I still think we're talking about hair and split ends, but no. Our actual definition for unconditioned reinforcer Unconditioned reinforcer, also known as a primary reinforcer, and you've certainly heard that term, I'm sure, or an unlearned reinforcer. An unconditioned reinforcer is a stimulus change, oh see, and you lost me there, a stimulus change that increases the frequency of any behavior that immediately precedes it, irrespective of the organism's learning history. <gasps> what does it mean? What does it mean? And why do I care? That's what I want to know. So let's take a look at our working definition. What is an unconditioned reinforcer? Unconditioned reinforcers are things that fulfill basic needs like food, temperature, hydration, clothing, shelter, sex. They can be powerful reinforcers without having to make them rewarding. When these uh, things follow a particular behavior, they are likely to see that that behavior increases in the future as a result. Okay, if you think back to your uh, Psych 101 class that you probably took in college, and maybe you even covered in senior year of high school, and they had Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And Maslow, you know, said these are the things that every, you know, living being has to have in order to survive. Um, that we have to have a certain amount of water and hydration. We have to have a certain amount of food. Um, sex is on the list. We can all deny it, but it's on the list, right? Um, these are things that we consider primary reinforcers because usually... Um, for most people, at least some of these are so necessary that they are a reinforcer without it having to be taught. Now, for our kids on the autism spectrum, sometimes food needs to be taught as a reinforcer, right? So, but there are other things that our kids find reinforcing without them having to be taught. They're already reinforcing. So when we talk about a conditioned reinforcer where we want to make something like homework, reinforcing and we talked about this the other day that then we pair it with something that's already reinforcing and we pair it and pair it and pair it then we can fade away the primary reinforcer and the thing that we wanted to be reinforcing the homework uh, can be reinforcing on its own now that homework is a hard example um, but we can get homework to be reinforcing by pairing it with things like a, a primary reinforcer so when we talked about that the other day what kinds of things are we talking about it's one of the reasons why food is often used as reinforcement because we know it's powerful uh, that most of us like to eat at some point we can't assume that's for all people right because some kids some of our kids on the autism spectrum don't find but usually they have at least one kind of food that they can find reinforcing and it may not be the best thing for them uh, but if we're trying to teach something to get to a good place we may utilize it for a short period of time like candy um, but I don't want you to be confused and think that all reinforcement has to be taught with food. Food's powerful. Food is powerful. But we almost never used food as a reinforcer for my son and used other things in its place. I won't tell you that we never used it, but we almost never used it. But So you're pairing things with something that we know for sure is going to be reinforcing. Little asterisk here, we never starve a kid. Uh, in order to get them to a point where we can, you know, so we never say, oh, you're not getting any food unless it's paired with this thing that we want to condition, right? That is, that is not something that any good ABA program would ever do. Um, but uh, 
you know, that extra special thing, you know, you're, you're not going to live on candy, but maybe you only get candy when we're pairing it with something that we need to make reinforcing.